0: Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and the rock and roll, as in the king of rock and roll. Uh, but first, we got the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Hey,
1: Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you.
0: Uh, hope you're doing well. Listen, a nurse goes into the hobby shop, and she asked the guy, can I have a box of just red crayons? And he said, uh, no, we don't sell boxes, of just red crayons. We have a sort of color. Why would you just want red crayons? She goes, oh, work, I dropped blood. Thank you very much. Duff jokes have been money uh, lately. He's killing it week after week. He's sent in about five in a row, and they've all been great. So uh, this might be the longest stretch of all killer, no filler from Duff McKagan ever. We appreciate the laughs every single Friday. Thank you, Duff. And the Winnipeggers have been delivering the funny as well. Every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on my Facebook page and YouTube channel, This week, it was all about the Cheap Ass Club, and it's not what you're thinking. Cheap movies, bad B-horror movies, -movies, C-movies, D-movies, definitely a lot of criteria that had to be considered when suggesting a movie for the Cheap Ass Club. And of course, we got some vintage pictures from our last meetup, which was a few years ago. Come for the laughs, stay for the visuals, the stories, the drinks. Uh, We got a special guest, Pennywise the Clown, introduced the show this week. So uh, new episodes every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern on on my Facebook page and YouTube channel. Almost uh, w- over 300,000 views, uh, which is great in 40 shows. Almost a third of a million views. Checked out the, the Winnipeg. So hopefully you uh, will be one of them. And also, uh, even more so, we got the Inner Circle special member. Yes, the uh, I'm not talking about Mike Tyson either. I'm talking about uh, the guy who joined uh, last fall when, when the Inner Circle took Las Vegas. I'm talking about Elvis himself also known as Travis Allen in the real world. Travis explains how he came to join the inner circle, what it was like filming with us in Vegas and his favorite part of the whole experience. He's also married to a lady Gaga impersonator talks about what it's like when they're walking around together in public. Who witnessed a little of that in Vegas with them. Travis gets his jumpsuits made from the same company that made Elvis's jumpsuits and goes to great lengths to be as authentic as possible. He's got some funny stories about sideburn mishaps, wardrobe malfunction and Elvis's iconic. Thank you. Thank you very much. He shares which Elvis songs are the hardest to sing and the one that most brides ask to walk down the aisle to. Uh, Travis has been uh, the star of the best and basically only Elvis tribute show in Las Vegas at the Planet Hollywood. They've been doing it for the last seven years, and he and his band are back now doing shows again. They just started up after being off for almost a year in the pandemic, and they are selling out night after night after night. Definitely check it out the next time you're in Las Vegas. I know I will. It's called All Shook Up, Tribute to the King, and you can get tickets at vegas.com. Let's talk to Travis Allen, a.k.a. Elvis, a.k.a. member of the Inner Circle, about the uh, intricate world of Elvis impersonators right now on Talk is Jericho. All right, so we have with us today um, a member of the Inner Circle, officially uh, Elvis. Uh, is is how he was inducted, but it's Travis Allen, who um, is one of Las Vegas's uh, best and uh, mo- most well known Elvis Presley impersonators. Uh, but first of all, man, how how did you enjoy uh, that whole shoot that we did in Vegas, where you actually became a member of the inner circle?
1: Oh man, that was that was a blast, dude. <laughs> I had such a great time. I don't know, just hanging out with you guys too was super cool. But I don't know, man. I think waking up in bed next to you was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get involved with that? Uh, well, basically, you, luckily you guys were looking for an Elvis in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, and I, I, my name came across you guys. So I, I appreciate you guys pulling my name out of the hat and picking and, and me. <laughs> what, were you, what were you told that you'd be doing? Uh, some kind of – mon it was supposed to be like a Las Vegas montage. That's all I knew, but I, I heard it with Chris Jericho, and I'm like, cool, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man.
0: Like I said, we kind of had – it was kind of a wacky idea and a, and a fun time, but um, we had a blast up on that rooftop, and like you said, then it culminated into you waking up in bed with with me. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> and then I, my favorite line of the whole thing was, uh, who brought all the farm animals? <laughs> Who
1: brought all of the farm animals, man? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you wonder at some at one point, like what the hell was going on? Because I remember when I first met you, I'm like, "Hey, dude, this might not make sense, but when you see it all, it's all going to
1: fit together." I figured that though, because I mean, that, that's the way that's the way a lot of crazy shoots go, and, it, and then it's usually the post the post editing man is when it comes together, and I, I think that's the coolest part.
0: So, just to talk about you know being an Elvis impersonator, obviously this year's probably we've talked about this has been very tough because all the work in Vegas, shut down, you know, taking a gig where you can and all that sort of thing. Is is there any talk now about starting up your show again?
1: As a matter of fact, man, I've been trying not to jinx it at all, but we just rehearsed last night and we're actually supposed to, we're slated to open on Friday. That's great. Yeah, man, I'm super stoked knowing that it's been over a whole year. So it's kind of scary, but you know, the stamina is, I'm like, I hope I can build up the stamina back, man. (laughs) (laughs) How was it rehearsing again after all this time? It was good. It's just, we weren't able to rehearse in the actual room that we're going to be doing the show. But, uh, so it wasn't quite the sound that we're used to, but I mean, man, knowing that we're going to come back and I mean, it's interesting. We are only allowed so many seats, you know, per show now because it's still occupancy, but. Technically, we're sold out a couple, you know, quite a few nights. So that's good.
0: <laughs> well, and, th- and that's the thing. Like, We went to um, a couple shows in Vegas. When we, I actually just saw you again a few weeks ago. And I think the one show was the, the X Burlesque at the Flamingo, which was sold out at like 65 people. Then we went to the Queens of Rock at like the, uh, I can't remember what it's called because of the M. There's a it with like 100 people. So a sellout's a sellout. But I think at this point in time, we're just ready to get back out and start performing again.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the funny part was we're all sitting there listening last night to our producer talk, you know, and he he starts mentioning about price. And I think at that point we were like, oh man, we don't care. We just want to go back. Right, (laughs) right, right. right. entertain again, man. I mean, it's been an interesting thing, especially because we we were there for six years straight. And that's what I did for um, pretty much seven nights a week. And uh that was me, man. And, you know? That was what I did. And when everything got stopped, I'm like, all right, see what happens. <laughs>
0: yeah, no kidding, right? So so how long, how long have you been in an Elvis impersonator for?
1: Uh, actually, 13 years now. So I, I've been in Vegas over 13 years. And uh, it's been an interesting ride being the fact that when I was in – I grew up in California and I was an electrician, technician. I did all kind of, you know, installs and whatever. And when I got laid off and and – well, let me let me back up a little bit. Basically, in, it was about 2007. My dad was like, "Hey, man, there's an Elvis contest in Orange County," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> well, if I can do an Elvis contest, but my dad was like, "Yeah, man, you sound like Elvis," you know. And I said, "Well, Dad, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll do it if you do it with me." And he's like, "All right, I'm down." And so my my dad literally did the Elvis contest with me. <laughs> I, I made it to the uh, the finals, and, and when I did, ended up in my first contest I won third place. And I was like, Hey man, that's, that's not bad. Uh, they gave me a, they gave me like a check for 250 bucks and I was like pretty stoked. I was like, Hey, I just got paid to sing a song on stage, man. That was pretty cool. Two weeks after that, I went to uh Boulder city and did another contest there. And that's when I won, I actually won first place. I won a thousand dollars and had a guy telling me about a chapel and, doing some Elvis wedding in Las Vegas. And I'm just like, oh man, well, I'm still an electrician. Well, two weeks after that, I got laid off as an ah. electrician. And I thought, well, gee, you know, I can either be an electrician again and still make the same pay, or I can literally try to try my luck in Las Vegas. So I called my dad and said, hey man, can, can I borrow your RV? I'm gonna literally drive out to Vegas and try my luck. And luckily a month into pulling into my, to my RV spot, I, I became an Elvis.
0: That's amazing. So had you sung professionally before that at all?
1: Yeah, I did, actually. I, I was into country. When I was a kid, I performed for like a lot of people, as a matter of fact. But uh, that was my forte, uh, performing and singing country. And, of course, I fell away because I got I got married, had a kid. Sure. Had to kind of pretty much start a normal life. But when I had an opportunity to be Elvis again, or to, to be Elvis, to be a singer, I, I was like, why not? This is kind of like my, my, my second calling. Hmm. And it's been a fun, entertaining (laughs) road, man. I mean, it's it's because of being Elvis, how I met my wife, even.
0: So, and and I have to say, and we'll talk about this later, that your wife is is a Lady Gaga impersonator, which is great. Elvis and Gaga, finally, the marriage made in heaven. But I I know for me as a singer, like I had a natural tone where I sound, I mean, I had a, a kind of similar sounding voice to Ozzy, right? And if I really want to sound like Aussie, I can turn the Aussie filter on and just knock right into it. Did you have the same when you were singing country? Did you always have some Elvis elements to your vocals just naturally?
1: No, believe it or not, man. I, I, growing up, because I was younger, I, I was always a huge Elvis fan, but I never attempted to try to sound like Elvis. Right. So I always had my own tone, my own, uh, you know, whatever it was. But when I started performing as Elvis, I started really listening to Elvis and I tried to mimic the way he would do his mouth or whatnot next thing you know it the tone came out across so differently for me so but it took me years to kind of get to where i'm at now and i'm still learning to this day you know what i mean right you know but it's interesting so
0: so elvis impersonators it's a whole kind of society i mean there it's a worldwide you know kind of phenomenon of of all these guys and girls who, who imitate elvis Everywhere in every country and that sort of thing. Uh, did you know what you were getting into when you became an Elvis impersonator? Did you know about all this?
1: Not at all. No, no, no. Especially like it was, especially my first con- my concert or contest that I did. Uh, a lot of guys seemed to like they knew who they each other were, and mm. especially when they're like, "Hey, man, how, how long have you been doing this for?" And I looked at my watch. And I'm like, uh, "Today, <laughs> twenty <laughs> minutes." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then of course, then I started doing some other contests, and next thing you know, everybody seemed to know everybody, and you know, and so it was—it's—it's all kind of like a camaraderie, you know, which is kind of cool. But
0: so it's not—it's not like a rivalry. It's because how many, how many, how many impersonators is there in Vegas? Elvis impersonators?
1: Oh God, uh, active? You mean like active singing ones, performing ones? There's only a handful nowadays. It's—it's kind of a shame because there there used to be a lot. Unfortunately even even if my age i mean i'm considered the young elvis in las vegas which kind of trips me out being the fact that there's no young guys and i'm hoping that there's a lot of young guys that start coming up and coming out to vegas i'm like come on man yeah come out to vegas. there's plenty of work i encourage it so but is there a rivalry in between like when you first came
0: in it was like who's this kid coming oh, yeah, no here? they all
1: hated me <laughs> <laughs> well they, for some reason they all hated me man i'm just like look i'm just here to do my job and here to do whatever i need to do and and I, you know, I, I think most guys were kind of like after a while, after I was getting all the work, they were calling me, asking me for the work, which I appreciated. And I, and I try to give them as much work as I can because I don't I don't hold any animosity. I don't hold a grudge. I mean, look, there's plenty of work in Vegas. It's it just matter of who's going to get it or how you're going to get it. You know what I mean? So what were you
0: doing as Elvis that was getting you more work than these other guys that had been there for a while?
1: I think for me, it, in the beginning, was definitely being the young Elvis, and there wasn't any young Elvises necessarily in Las Vegas. A lot of guys played the jumpsuit Elvis, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a, what most people remember Elvis was being in the white jumpsuit. But I had the forte of being the the fifties Elvis, ah. which is like the gold right, right,
0: right, right, right. right. So that's interesting because, like you said, that there is. So when you do your show, because I've I've watched some of your clips on on YouTube, and obviously when you came to work with us as Elvis, it was kind of jumpsuit Elvis, which is the more famous Vegas style Elvis. Do you play both in the course of your of your set, or is it just um, is it just one or
1: the other? I do, but that that's what's cool about the show is we do. Uh, I come out as the '50s Elvis with the gold jacket, you know, and we do like a lot of the '50s songs. Like blue suede shoes, hound dog, House rock, all that fun stuff, and then I change into the jumpsuit Elvis with the the bigger sideburns, and we do all the the '70s stuff, and that's why we're different because we do that and with the live band, so we're like the only show left that does that.
0: It's interesting because I was doing a little bit of you know three seconds of research. Uh, it's talking about the types of Elvis impersonators, and it says th- there's the following categories: there's lookalikes who concentrate more on the visual elements of Elvis. Uh, sound-alikes who concentrate on changing their voice to sound more like Elvis and maybe not necessarily look as like him. Then there's the combination who do both the visual and the oral uh, style. That's kind
1: of where you fall into, right? Well, so that that's an interesting question. I'm glad you brought that up because there was, uh, for years, was it back in the day, Priscilla Presley, Elvis's ex-wife, said that she wanted everybody to be called Elvis tribute artists. Mm-hmm. And she said that, I think, because it was a, a, nicer, a nicer name, if you will, um, not so clownish. But at the same time, I am the definition of an impersonator. So an impersonator does an exact impersonation of that person. I'm not a tribute. I don't pay. I pay tribute to Elvis. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not a tribute artist. If I was, I wouldn't be wearing the same clothes identically to him. Gotcha. I literally have the same rings as Elvis. I have the same lays that he wore with the Aloha suit. Um, that's pretty s- s- silly, but at the same time, that's what I do. You know what I mean? That's why my definition of is more of an impersonator. But there's a lot of, you know, people are – there's a lot of discrepancies on that. People are like, no, 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 you're a tribute artist. I'm like, why? Because it sounds better?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's what people want to see, though. Like, I mean, when, when we've gone to see, you know, impersonator shows or tribute shows – as close as you can get, the better it is, right?
1: I completely agree. And that's the thing is I, even like when I've seen other, you know, Elvis shows or whatnot, I, unfortunately I'm, I nitpick because I'm like, well, hey, he doesn't have the ring or he doesn't have the proper gold jacket or, you know, he's not, it, it's, you know, there's a lot of little things that I, I've had to study over the years. I mean, 13 years of doing it, I appreciate it. And I still feel like I'm still learning because there's a lot to Elvis.
0: Let's talk about your first introduction to Elvis. Before we do, uh, Diamond Dallas Page has given you free access to the DDBY app for seven days. Oh. And you're gonna get all shook up, baby. Twenty uh, percent off a subscription as well when you sign up at ddpyoga.com/jericho. This is a great offer, and if you want to know what DDPY can do for you, listen to what it did for me. I know all you longtime listeners have heard me talk about DDPY for years now. What it's done for my career—it saved both my wrestling career and my singing career. I do DDPY everywhere and anywhere. Backstage at AEW, backstage at Fozzie gigs, hotel rooms, my own living room, even my front yard. It's a killer workout that you can, you can do at your own pace as well. It's It's good for any age and skill level. You don't have to be an athlete to do uh, DDP yoga. It's easy to get started. Just download the DDPY app and go. You'll get access to hundreds of workouts, live workouts from the DDPY Performance Center in Smyrna, Georgia, and you'll get some personal motivation from DDP himself. You can connect a Bluetooth heart monitor to keep track of your workout data. You can stream the app to your TV so you can do the workouts on your big screen. Download the DDPY app today. You can get it for iOS or Android. I've got it on my phone. Then go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho, sign up for seven days of free access to the DDPY app, and then take advantage of 20% off the DDPY app as well. Seven days for free and 20% off the DDPY app right now at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and watch the inspiring story about how Dallas created the DDPY program in the new documentary Relentless available now on Amazon Prime. Let Dallas and DDPY change your life like he has for thousands and thousands of people. Get on the path to healthy living and stay there. Start today at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get in the best shape of your life and do it now. All right, Travis Elvis, were you a
1: big Presley fan when you were younger? Yeah, mainly because of my parents. So I was a huge Elvis fan. Because of my parents, my parents would always try to listen to Elvis. And my dad actually sounded like Elvis growing up. He actually would sing Elvis and it would trip me out because he sounded like Elvis. And, um, of course, my parents had all the movies. So, of course, but when I watched him, I was like, you know, a teenager watching him on VHS, my TV VHS combo <laughs> and yeah, right, I watched right, all right. the movies. But when I watched Jailhouse Rock, man, that was when I was like, that's that's the man right there. Wow.
0: So this is this is interesting to me that like you mentioned for 13 years and you do, quote unquote, young Elvis and you do Vegas Elvis or whatever we call him. So. When you started getting this cuz obviously you said you came into it kind of as as you know oh, this is cool Let me try it. Now when you got to Vegas, is this when you really started buckling down and really watching like were you watching Elvis to really get a sense of what he does?
1: Yeah, I completely. Uh, especially when I first started doing it, I you know, I would watch it, but then when I really got my first concert, if you will, there was, uh, somebody hired me to actually perform a big show. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let me let me really watch Elvis's moves and and let me get on a, a, a treadmill as I'm singing and doing the Elvis moves as much as I can. Cause I mean, the stamina, man is, Oh my God, it's just, that's what I'm afraid of coming up Friday. I'm like, okay, the, the, you know, it's been a year for the whole pandemic and I haven't had to do quite 17 songs in a row. <laughs>
0: yeah. But even, even just from a physical standpoint, like Elvis was always very, very animated on stage, even later years, Elvis, like he might not have been as crazy as he was when he was in his twenties, but there's a lot of the, the Kung Fu movement and the, you know, the, the dancing type stuff as well.
1: Oh, that, that was insane, man. That, you know, it's funny. Okay. So this is an interesting situation because when I first came here to Vegas, I wasn't really into the, the jumpsuit Elvis. I was like, you know, I'm the young guy. I don't want to necessarily play, portray the, uh, the, the jumpsuit, older big cyber guy. So I, I studied all the fifties moves. And when somebody kept talking to me, you know, they're like, hey, you should really do the jumpsuit. I'm like, all right, sure. So I finally started getting into a jumpsuit and started trying to practice the moves of the jumpsuit of the 70s era. My God, it was actually a lot harder to do the 70s moves than it was the 50s. It was because of the karate, the more stretches. I mean, practicing the lunge where he just goes down like really low. Mm -hmm. That's actually a tough move, especially when you're wearing a one-piece suit and in two-inch heels almost, you know?
0: (laughs) What other differences is there between
1: 50s Elvis and 70s Elvis? Uh, Voice, complete. uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Elvis always had a really cool voice, even in the 50s, but he had more, more of a higher voice uh, especially if you listen to something like Heartbreak Hotel, Hound Dog, stuff like that, he had like a really more of a rockish style voice, and he got away from all that in the '70s because he sang more from his diaphragm in the '70s, and hmm. I opened up his throat more. Especially as he got a little bigger, you can hear hear his throat open up as he sang too, as he got as he got larger. But he still had this this incredible voice, and especially getting to do Elvis, like perform as Elvis, I actually got to speak with the Jordanaires. You know, and and I remember Ray Walker telling me, one of the Jordan saying that, man, I, Elvis had the most incredible range of vocals that he's ever heard. You know, it's just, he was he was one of a kind.
0: And and who is Joey Nairs?
1: Uh The Jordan Airs was actually. Jordan Airs, got, got you. Jordan Airs, sorry. Uh, the Jordan Airs from the 50s who sang a backup for uh, so many songs. You know what I mean? Love Me Tender, Don't Be Cruel, uh, all those songs that you hear with the backup singers, that's the Jordan Airs they were
0: actually even listed at points, Elvis Presley and the Jordanaires on the records and stuff. I was a big Elvis fan when I was a kid as well. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting because when you think about it, too, and as a singer, you know, for people that don't know, especially as a rock singer, you're supposed to sing from your diaphragm. That's where the power is from. And I'm wondering maybe because Elvis in Vegas, when he was doing... I don't know how many shows was he doing a week, four or five shows a week, maybe whatever it was.
1: So, some well it depends. So he would do like a couple weeks stints and come out here for a couple of weeks and do even two shows, sometimes three shows, like even a midnight show. Wow! And then after his shows, they would go back to the room and then sing gospels all night. <laughs> so that could be maybe he had better
0: control of his voice later on because if you're doing much more frequency singing, diaphragm protects your voice more. Whereas I'm not sure how much touring he did in the fifties, but. It was probably typical play 30 minutes and move on down the road, right?
1: Uh, yeah, most likely that was with because the, they were doing a lot of road trips, so they would be driving a lot of times. But even for me, uh, when I first started performing Elvis, I did not quite have the power as Elvis did in the 70s. That's why I stayed away from the 70s stuff until I tried to tackle a song. Once I tackled, especially specifically American Trilogy, that's a really big you know, popular song, and, and that high note at the end, to try to hit that note, that was really uh, <laughs> man. That that was a beast. So, but after I practiced it and 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 tried listening to how he actually spit it out, I tried manipulating that, and it seemed to work. And I just practiced at that, and that's how I got to be where I'm, I'm at with my tone. You know, it's interesting
0: too because people forget like when we were hanging out after the other night, we were listening to more of the '70s Elvis. How many great songs he had from that era? You know, people think oh, it's Vegas Elvis, but he was still doing. Burn in Love, Viva Las Vegas, Suspicious Minds, you know, C.C. rider like these are all great tunes that people don't necessarily instantly think of
1: when they think of Elvis. It's true. But at the same time, a lot of people think about, you know, In the Ghetto. They that, that's, Right. That's the, for, believe it or not, that is the most requested song that I get, even for wow. weddings. It, it's quite amazing. The bride's like, hey, can I get uh In the Ghetto? I mean, you want to walk down to In the Ghetto? All right. all
0: right there you go
1: actually i'd say uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh calm down sammy (laughs) Uh,
0: so now that when you're in 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 the bigger kind of vegas fishbowl you mentioned you did the contest in, in uh in southern california is there bigger kind of contest to do is there conventions for elvis impersonators and things along those lines
1: Oh yeah i mean i i've done I, I mean I've done so many contests and i'm very I'm very proud of all the contests I've done because i, I I'm very proud with the trophies that i I've received uh, I think at, at a point because the hard part about doing contests is you're literally judged by not the audience you're judged by sometimes three people that what they think is the best elvis mm-hmm You know what I mean? That's the hard part about doing contests is you're trying to win over three people when, you know, I mean, I've actually came second to a contest, but I actually won People's Choice. I'm like, okay, well, I'd rather win People's Choice with 500 people versus three judges that didn't pick me. You know what I mean?
0: What's the biggest contest you've done? Is it an official Elvis impersonator contest?
1: Yeah, basically they call it, uh, it's sponsored by EPE, which is Elvis Presley Enterprises, who actually, believe it or not, They've recommended me for things. I mean, that's why I've been, I've I've done like the state farm commercial because of EPE and stuff like that. Mm. So there's actually a big official contest called the ultimate Elvis contest. And I I, I was lucky enough to play. I got into the top 15 in in Memphis, but that was when I was trying something different. I was trying to do this, the the seventies Elvis with the sideburns and stuff. and, And I wasn't sure how to tackle it properly. And I glued on sideburns that day. And I'm on stage, you know, I feel like I'm nailing it, singing The Wonder of You, and, and I'm sweating, man. I'm getting nervous. Next thing you know, the sideburn starts coming off oh, on stage. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, what do I do now? So, I yeah, I didn't move on with that. <laughs> I would assume that's a major faux pas at the Elvis impersonation
0: yeah. <laughs> if your sideburn comes off.
1: Yeah, I have, I've seen a guy do that. His cyber came off, but he, he played it off even more cool. He took it and slapped onto his chest. <laughs> <laughs> Props to whoever that was. I don't know who that was. That was pretty funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is there like an Elvis
1: of Elvis impersonators? Like who's who's known
0: as kind of the all-time greatest Elvis impersonator?
1: Elvis Presley.
0: Okay. You
1: know what I mean? There's nobody that there's nobody that can compare to him. I mean, you're going to get somebody that goes, uh, that, that'll say to me, wow, man, you're the best Elvis I've ever seen. I'm like, okay, well, compared to who? Compared to Elvis actually, or just compared to the other Elvis impersonators? Because nobody can really – when you put all of us next to Elvis, none of us look like Elvis. You know what I mean?
0: Right, right, but
1: right. right. Elvis, Elvis was one of a kind. But, I mean, we just try – the cool part of what I do, I try to give the illusion that you're watching Elvis. That's the difference. How do you do that? Well, I try to – literally, as you're – the cool part about my audience is we're so close and personal with my with my audience members that the first thing that they do when I walk out on stage, they're judging automatically saying, okay, pr- prove it to us that you're, you know, you're going to be an Elvis, good Elvis. So my goal is just obviously do my best by dancing, singing as close as I can to Elvis. And by the time I do that, you're already believing that I am, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because You're already part of this concert. It's, it's a really a cool thing. I, I love doing it because it's a different experience. You know what I mean? Cause you're not literally, especially cause people forget what Elvis was I mean you got to realize he passed away 42 years ago what was it
0: 44 now yeah
1: oh geez 44
0: this august i think right
1: the pandemic totally messed up my whole (laughs) i (laughs) I think it was i think it was 77 that he passed away 77 yeah 70s he was passed away in 77 but knowing that it's been that long i mean can you imagine so when i portray the 50s elvis we're talking in 1956 1957, when Elvis was performing these songs, how many people remember this? You know what I mean? right? So so I try to at least give them the illusion that that's what they're remembering. If that makes sense.
0: It makes perfect sense because, like you said, to Elvis now, you know, when we'll talk about kind of what kind of fan base you have, but Elvis is now more of just this iconic person that you see, you know, on a poster or, you know, in a movie or something on those lines. But it's like Watching somebody that was really good at wrestling from 10 years ago that you haven't seen for a while, and you go back and watch them, or watching like, you know, The Who in 1967, just how powerful they are. To go back and watch Elvis back when he was in his prime, you forget like this was a living, breathing, iconic personality and one of the greatest entertainers and singers of all time.
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: (laughs) Right. So you now have to embody this to remind them that.
1: There's a video that I like to I like to mention to people because there's many people that have seen this video, but they never listened to the video because they, there's a specific video that I had to actually really try to replicate for Cirque du Soleil that when they were trying to do the Elvis show out here, right, right, right. They had me they had me study this one video specifically. It was the 1956 Milton Burl show, Hound Dog, and it was when Elvis sang Hound Dog. They actually had him, you know, the f- full length video and When he went to the slow motion part, he acts like he was almost like, you know, humping the mic. And and next thing you know, he's grinding the mic. And next thing you know, you hear the adults laughing. But you hear, if you listen carefully, you hear all the young girls like, whoo, like, you know. Screaming, yeah. Yeah, that was a whole different scenario for them. They're like, what are are we watching? And the adults were like, what the heck is this? (laughs) But (laughs) I, I, I encourage people to pull it up, man. That's actually a really cool video to watch, but listen to it. Especially when you hear them laughing, uh, it's interesting because they didn't know what they were watching. But th- after that, that's when they, they they cut Elvis, you know, waist down. Elvis, like up no, Elvis, right? Yeah, no, no more waist down, sir. <laughs> so, so you mentioned the Cirque show when they were doing the Elvis show. You were involved in that in the beginning. They were looking for an actual, El- like an Elvis, to portray Elvis and a, a Priscilla. So it was between myself and this other guy. He got first choice, and then they gave me second pick. So they go, "Well, his contract is for three years; it'll be the next three years." And I was like, "Oh, well, we know how Cirque du Soleil shows; they last a long time." Well, my buddy uh, who got first choice, he got he was in like Montreal, Quebec, whatever. He trained whatever he was doing. I don't know what kind of acrobats are trying to make him do his Elvis, but he trained over there. And next thing you know, it they started rehearsing at the show, and I'm not sure. If it was Priscilla or, or somebody, but they they didn't like it, they actually pulled it. They, two weeks before the whole grand opening, they pulled Elvis and Priscilla. Oh wow! They decided not to have an impersonator. Period, and that was a huge mistake to me because I mean, when I went to go see it, I wasn't I wasn't even trying to be biased. I was just literally going, okay, let me have an open mind, see what they created. And when I saw it, I was just like, it's really missing that element of a guy even just standing there with a silhouette of being Elvis. You know what I mean? Right. It, it needed something like that and it just didn't have that.
0: You know, it's interesting because if you look at Cirque Love, which is the Beatles show, the Beatles songs are so, they're so colorful and they're so descriptive that you can do the whole show without them, but they still have them kind of chattering and laughing, but it's the silhouettes, right?
1: Yeah. You have you have things that remind you of the Beatles in there. Where, don't get me wrong, the same thing with Elvis, but not really.
0: But not really. And, but, the, but the Michael Jackson show, Cirque, there is a Michael. There's a lot of Michaels throughout the show, and I think that show is actually still still running.
1: That's why it's doing well. I mean, that, that's my personal opinion. I mean, I'm sorry, no disrespect to any anybody that's uh, you know that was part of that Cirque right. part. I will tell you, that was definitely a mistake by cutting out the Elvis. But yeah. Let's talk about how you get uh, into Elvis mode before the shows, your costumes
0: and all that sort of thing. But before we do, big thanks to Geico for making Talk is Jericho possible. I know all you guys listening either own or rent your own homes for the most part, and I know it's hard work, but you know it's easy bundling policies with Geico. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. When you save all that money, you're going to say to GEICO, thank you. Thank you very much. When you do Elvis, like you mentioned, you want people to, you know, see you as Elvis are you kind of going into some method acting do you do you drop into it where you're like I am Elvis at this point how do you how do you do that mentally from a performance standpoint
1: it's it's funny you say that because like you hear me talking to you I I can't I it's hard to pull out an Elvis uh, accent because I'm not I'm not in costume when I put on when I put on like the jumpsuit or 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 the Elvis 50s whatever doesn't matter whatever Elvis outfit I put on I feel like I I try to think about what Elvis would be doing, you don't know, remember what, how he would portray it. That's like your suit of armor, right? Exactly. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of, it's not, not trying to say, Hey, I can hide behind this mask, but at the same time I can do it at, at being in that jumpsuit and, and in those sideburns and that costume, I can pretty much do or say whatever I want because Elvis had such a power. And it's kind of cool, man. Knowing that when you try to, when you try to do that, don't get me wrong. I never, I never think I'm Elvis. I can tell you, let me first, put that out. I never think I'm Elvis. I try to just embody the empowerment that he had, Uh, because he wasn't cocky. He was definitely confident. And uh, that's the difference. I mean, that's the hard part trying to recreate that, especially when he was so natural at doing it.
0: You know, I always say that singing is, is emoting acting to really get across the emotion of the words. There is a lot of performance to it. So, you might not think you're Elvis, but you are definitely playing the part of Elvis in that show, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're definitely trying, like I said, but there's times that I still have a little bit of my element in there, but I'm still trying to at least give them, you know, especially when I throw a joke in there. Yeah, that's my joke. You know what I mean? Right. I don't try to take necessarily Elvis's joke. You know what I mean? But I still make sure that people remember that Elvis was funny. People forget. People are like, hey, man, you were funny. I'm like, no, no, no Elvis was funny. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I learned from the best, man. He was, he was great. <laughs> if you watch him in
0: the comeback special or live from Hawaii, like you said, he, once again, it's like Paul McCartney or any of those guys, seasoned performers that have been doing this their whole lives. They have the, the audience to the palm of their hands, right? So what kind of like jokes do you tell on stage as Elvis? Is there certain ones that you say that always work or do you just have to kind of go by the, by the situation?
1: Unfortunately, the, the the first one that you have to come up with because everybody knows it, I mean, is the thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's a given. I mean, I mean, I'll walk down the casino and people are like, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm like, yeah, okay, man. <laughs> but see, the, it, the misconception of that is people don't remember that when Elvis actually performed, they would be cheering for him and he would be like, thank you. They wouldn't stop clapping. They would keep clapping and then he would be like, Thank you very much. So unfortunately, got misconstrued. Just, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> right.
0: Well, that's the way it goes. I, I remember even when we did we did our thing with the inner circle when we put you in the inner circle. You said thank you, and then you had a little hiccup because we were drinking.
1: Thank you. <gasps> thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't put the two words together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but so what? What kind of a fan base do you get? Like, is it for your show? Uh, is it still called All Shook Up? The Elvis show.
1: Yeah, it's called All Shook Up: A Tribute to the King. The fan base on that, oh my god, it's it's incredible. I, and if we have any fans that are listening here, that we appreciate those fans because I mean, we've had people come up to me. I, I felt really bad because I mean, I unfortunately doing it seven nights a week, it's hard to remember certain people. Right. But I've had people say, "Oh, this is my tenth time coming." I'm like, "Wow, that, that I appreciate that." You know, it's so amazing. I mean, it, we get people from all around the world. Literally, I mean, name a country. They came. They came to the show because they heard about our show. In their country, Mm. so the fan base is is incredible. Knowing that even though Elvis had passed away forty four years ago, he's still known around the world. I mean that that blows my mind. But and I appreciate the fact that the the fan that I have fans that actually support what I do. So are they all age groups? Oh, definitely, and and that's the cool part is we get uh, the old lady, old blue haired ladies, uh, (laughs) to the three year old that's dancing in the seats. You know I mean, my daughter's four and she loves Polk Salad Annie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you do the thing where you hand out the the lays and, and all that sort of stuff?
1: Pre-pandemic? Sure. Yeah. That's
0: what I'm talking about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. We were, we were discussing that. We were like, it's going to be hard not to be able to give out a, a scarf. You know what I mean? That's, scarves, yeah. That's exactly what Elvis was known for, was giving out scarves. And we always gave out scarves at the end of our show. But now with the pandemic, we actually have to be uh, 12 feet from the people. And, and i was going to ask my producer well what if they come up and try to get one what am i doing then just telling them no right
0: right right
1: right, right, right. Yeah. uh you want it <laughs> let me wipe my sweat on it first baby do,
0: do, do you see people like for example like i'm sure some of the older ladies that probably were really obsessed with elvis are people like actually
1: emotional watching you is there's is there tears when you're coming by Believe it or not man that's actually probably one of my favorite parts is when i actually see a grown man actually cry because he remembers that song or or especially when i when i sing my way that that really is when it, people really feel it you know and i'm like and i appreciate that man that that means a lot to me either that i either that i'm really bad <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't think
0: so I don't think
1: so <laughs> I appreciate when they cry though because it mean, it means that they're into it that they feel it, and that means i'm that I'm doing my job is uh, giving them the illusion.
0: Have you ever had any famous people come to see your show? Yeah, we've had a few people
1: um uh, it was a Q from impractical jokers oh yeah yeah uh, i've I've had uh Engelbert Humperdink he actually came. How was that having Engelbert hum Humper, in there? It was pretty cool, man. it was like interesting going man that's you know. That's a legend right there, and it's <laughs> right. Uh, I'm trying to think of who we've had. Uh, unfortunately, during this pandemic, my memory is getting lost. It's mushy, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, as we were doing rehearsal last night, I, I literally said, "Wait, what's what's the next song?" <laughs> well, it's been a long
0: time, right? It's been a long time since you rocked and rolled over a year. Yeah. Have you ever had any, um, any contact or any type of uh, message at all from Elvis's camp, like Elvis's official? side of things
1: well as you said anybody famous well sure so joe esposito i don't know if you heard of joe esposito he was elvis's best friend in the army uh, he was like you know his one of his right-hand man i mean he came to my show and gave me a standing ovation and 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 that 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 felt good because it kind of solidified i'm like thank you you know i appreciate that priscilla on the other hand i as far as i know she doesn't really care to see impersonator she's not a big impersonator fan and whatever, it's cool. I mean.
0: But that I, th- I think it would be cool for you, like you said, a guy like Joe Esposito or we mentioned fans from that era. Like my only uh, experience seeing Elvis is, is the Impersonators in Vegas, and it's always a blast. But when you meet somebody who actually saw Elvis, yeah. and now they're
1: seeing you, that must be a completely different level. As, it's funny you say that because um, a friend of mine who, who passed not that long ago during the pandemic, she her name was Darlene Tompkins, She was in Blue Hawaii with Elvis. She was one of the the young blondes that was in Blue Hawaii. And she was super supportive of me and my show. And she even came to my wife's and I, our our wedding. She came to our wedding. She she would tell me how much she really appreciated me doing what I do. And I appreciated hearing somebody that actually knew Elvis like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like I said, it solidifies the choice that I made in my life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right, right. You made the right decision. When you're talking about, about uh, vocals of Elvis, what are some of the harder songs to
1: sing in the set? Uh, definitely, My Way is My definitely a hard song because of that very high, strong note at the very end. Uh, it's Now or Never, that's oh. definitely a hard note at the very end. Oh, yeah, that's a high one. For me, the, I think the hard, hardest song to do ever is got to be Jailhouse Rock in the original key because he it was recorded in E-flat. Mm-hmm. And he also, I believe what he was like, you know, 19, 20 years old when he recorded that. So his vocals were quite a, quite a bit uh, stronger and, and higher. So I can't perform it in E flat. I can really? for, only, for only about, I can do four verses and then that's it. My voice cuts out. Really? So, but otherwise I can, I can because it's, that song is not necessarily from the di- diaphragm. Yeah. It's actually more kind of like singing through the diaphragm, but also through your throat to get that raspiness.
0: It starts so high too. I'm just hearing, one through a pony in the county jail. And then it goes let's it, rock, <laughs> yeah. That's high.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I like doing it in, in D or sometimes C if I you know, <laughs> if I'm not feeling it. <laughs> but uh yeah, we, it, those that's the only song technically that I have to change the key to. Hmm. But always, I try. I try to hit. I try to hit all the notes that Elvis does. I mean, it's hard, man. He and I, I. I say he's my greatest vocal teacher, man. He's been teaching me a lot of cool stuff with vocals.
0: How does it work with the band? Do you have? Do you, do you have like a, a an MD that kind of runs the band? Because I, I, the, the the videos I watched, it was a basic three piece band. Um, is that still the case?
1: Yes, correct. So it, because of our our stage size, and the hard part, a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, there's a thing in Vegas called four walling. And what that means is we rent the theater to perform. Okay. And, and hopefully get it back in in ticket sales and stuff like that. So that's how most shows, a lot of shows are like that, unless they're actually sponsored by the actual casino, which usually you'll see them on the big marquee and stuff. But like our show, you know, we just try to pay for our, our own advertising and we pay for, to rent the theater, but that's, pretty much the hard part about having a big theater is like that you, so we don't have a lot of overhead at least. I mean, so we have a three piece band. Our MD is our guitar player. Who's incredible. Dave Dubuque. He, he's an incredible guitar player. And then of course to fill in, cause we don't have, uh, we, I mean, we have plenty of great keyboardists here in, in, in town, but the problem is we don't have the stage room. Mm. So we actually have to have tracks. So we sure, have back and track, all the horns for keys and stuff like that. And that's what we utilize that for.
0: A lot of female background singers and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, but I make I make the guys do falsetto. The whole
0: oh, okay, time.
1: great, <laughs> even better. <laughs> what, what what hotel are you guys in again? Uh, we're at the Planet Hollywood. We're at the, we're at the V Theater.
0: Wow, that's interesting. So, so you guys, it's not like Planet Hollywood is bringing you in
1: there. You're renting out the space to play there. Correct, yeah. Because our the theater that we're in is actually inside the Miracle Mile Mall, which is a mall. Surrounded by the plant Hollywood, um, and inside that mall has a couple of different theaters. We have the V Theater, which is has two running theaters as of basically this Friday. Last Friday they opened up their first one. The second one is this Friday with us, so they'll have two theaters there. But yeah, and we're we're just trying to draw people in from whatever traffic we can. I mean, luckily my my producer ha- does a really great job at advertising. I mean, if you a lot of local people know if you've ever seen a, a, a taxi cab with the back in, back of an Elvis on it. Yeah, that that was me. You know what I mean? So it's cool. They they've seen that. I mean, we he spent quite a bit doing that, believe it or not. I didn't realize
0: that's how it works. So you're basically a self funded show. Yeah. And you're specifically your revenue is based specifically on, on ticket sales.
1: Well then you'll you'll trip out for the fact that when we first started, man, when they first asked me to do the show, I literally performed for maybe six people, sometimes sometimes three people. Um, and we were like, Hey man, we're going to give them the, the hell of a show. No matter what, next thing you know, it'd, it'd be 10 people. And on TripAdvisor, we were like 169 out of all the shows. There was like 220 shows or we 169. I'm like, all right, let's see what we can change. Next thing you know, I, I started telling people, Hey, if you like us, you know, put us back on TripAdvisor or whatever. Next thing you know, people started leaving us reviews and I'm like, Hey, it's kind of working. I started taking more initiative to like be more full time with the show. So I started doing seven nights a week. And next thing you know, we started building up the crowd. We were getting an average of 50 per night. We're like, okay, this is working. And the next thing you know, we're we're dropping numbers on TripAdvisor. People started coming because they've heard about us on TripAdvisor. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of working. So uh, after we started filling up the seats, I realized i look on TripAdvisor as we knocked down. We're still, during the pandemic, we stayed, thank God. But we're number seven out of all the shows in Vegas. Wow, that's huge. We're very lucky. Because It seems
0: that, that a that a uh, like an Elvis impersonator in Vegas would be kind of a hot ticket, like
1: it's part of of the Vegas vibe that you would want to be a part of that, absolutely. And that's the sad part is knowing that, but knowing that if we if we didn't go back, I what other Elvis show is there? Except for Le, don't get me wrong, we got Legends in concert, but they have an Elvis who only sings so many songs really quick and he's off the stage, right? In
0: 20, it's you know? part of a, there's a Freddie Mercury, there's a Pat Benatar, there's all, yeah, right. exactly.
1: For me, we're just an all-exclusive Elvis show. That's it. You want to see Elvis? That's, that's what we got. How many shows a week do you do? Uh, we're, we do. We're open seven nights a week. We don't have a dark night, but I, I started, I'm going to be taking off one night a week just so I can work elsewhere and hopefully spend some time with my family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get back into it again.
0: You mentioned that, that you had done a few of the things during the pandemic and working elsewhere. There's a couple of things I want to ask you about. One of them, you mentioned the State Farm commercial First of all, because obviously you're playing Elvis in that commercial. Have you done a lot of that type of stuff?
1: No, I, for me, I, I'm not, I'm not big into acting. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm uncomfortable in front of a camera and all that stuff. But when I remember an agent actually called me and says, Hey, I want you to audition for this. I go, who, who are you? What, you're Right? what is this for? And she's like, it's for a, a state farm commercial. And then as soon as I, I, she asked me, I heard a bunch of the Elvis guys on Facebook. They're like, Oh, this is going to be trash, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, "Huh." All right, cool, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I like, let's see what this is about, you know? So I, I heard it was actually produced by Rome, the director, Roman Coppola. Mm, wow. Okay, cool. This might be kind of interesting. So when I showed up for the audition, I mean, I, I almost turned around and walked away because, I mean, there was, you know, Elvis of every like genre or whatever. And I was like, what am I getting into here, man? And all I did was I, I, I stepped in front of, Roman Coppola and I and I just did this an Elvis dance move while singing the State Farm jingle and he said that's it right there and I'm like really okay cool <laughs> I was like cool man all right what have these other guys been doing
0: <laughs> what are some of the most unique Elvis impersonators that you've seen like you just said you saw them in all shapes and sizes oh good. Uh, an interesting
1: guy <laughs> clown vest. that guy's interesting he dresses as clown a clown Elvis <laughs> But he sings too, you know, so it's kind of cool. You got a lot of people that dress up in different ways, man, like make their own outfits or whatnot. I had a guy one time do a contest within a jumpsuit, but the back of his jumpsuit was cut out because he had a big Elvis tattoo on his back. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm still laughing about Clownvis. <laughs>
0: That's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good name, dude. That's why I tell you, you know, people get confused with me all the time cause my name is Travis. So I tell people, hey, if you're confused, call me Travis." you know. That's how I should have
0: you on my phone, Travis Elvis. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Do you, but but you also are an ordained minister as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because my dad, my dad's a great manager, man. My dad's my manager. And was it 12, a good 12 years ago, he's like, son, I need, I want you to get your minister license so you can start doing some Elvis weddings legally and like. Uh, yeah not yeah not really but he's like oh Yo, so of course he did it for me anyways you know put all my paperwork in and i had to go uh downtown and give him fingerprints and they had to send it to the federal bureau of investigation and all that stuff just to become minister here in, an officiant in las vegas i'm like wow so but no matter what i've been grandfathered in 12 years ago and it's kind of cool and i and i've been able to perform a lot of elvis weddings and during the pandemic, got to perform a lot of regular weddings, just as as traffic. did
0: that. Did that help you kind of to supplement your income during this time frame?
1: Believe it or not, that didn't start till like October. So I mean, no, I mean it, it's trickled in. You know what I mean? My my main thing was was trying to perform live uh, on Facebook, uh, trying to do all that stuff, and of course, after Facebook saw that we were doing pretty good, you know, as far as getting a lot of viewers, we were getting people watching our show because we had we had different. As soon as the pandemic hit, I didn't know what to do. I literally looked at my wife and said, we should build a room with a stage. And she's like, what? I go, yeah, we should create a show. She's like, well, okay. So I literally built a stage in a room that I have. I have a movie room, but on the side, I built this full stage with lights, did DMX lighting, did full-on fog machine, and did full-on HD cameras. And I started calling it Stars in Quarantine." Uh, so my wife and I would perform a couple times just for the heck of it. And then next thing you know, what I started asking a lot of my uh, impersonator buddies, like a guy that does Tim McGraw a person that does Faith Hill, Reba McIntyre. Like, hey, do you guys want to actually be part of a show? And, I had 22 different impersonators show up on my stage, man. It was kind of cool. We had all different impersonators show up, and I was able to pay them out of my own pocket. When unemployment showed up, I'm like, here you go, man. Here's some unemployment money. <laughs> 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 right again, man. I was trying to, trying to help out as many people as I could. But knowing that I'm hoping that after this is all over, that they're going to look back and go, remember, we did that little show in Travis's yes. house. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And like I said earlier,
0: you're married to a, a lady who plays Lady Gaga impersonation. How is that when you guys walk down the
1: street as Elvis and uh, and Gaga? Oh, people trip out. You know, of course they're like, "Lady Gaga, <laughs> <God>, Elvis, okay." <laughs> I mean, you know, when when my wife and I first got together, we were like, "Hey, people wanted us to perform together," and we were like, "Well, how do you, how does Elvis and and Gaga perform together?" So we actually did something for Valerie Bertinelli. Uh, she hired us to do something together, and I'm like, "Well, we we should write a song together." So we actually collab- collaborated a song called you and i have suspicious minds oh nice yeah the problem is with with lady gaga a lot of her stuff is in minor keys elvis is in major keys so we we actually changed you and i into some major keys with suspicious minds and it totally worked out
0: <laughs> that's great
1: that you could have, you could
0: ever join your show at some point yeah no, problem, right yeah it was funny when we came to vegas my wife was like is, is he gonna dress up like like elvis i'm like i don't know and, and you guys actually came and hung out with us as elvis and gaga which was hilarious just walking around the casino and having some drinks it's like "Ah, this is pretty cool
1: something out of a out of a a mushroom trip (laughs) (laughs) you know what more what was more cool about that it was it it wasn't like overcrowded so we didn't get like over bombarded with people you know right right just for maybe a couple drunk people but (laughs) oh yeah (laughs)
0: we had a couple good ones there didn't we Yeah, <laughs> the one lady had a, a she sexually accosted. Which impersonator was it? That Frank, she, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. There you go. We'll leave out exactly what she did, but the drunk lady killed. and said, "I did this sexual act with Frank Sinatra impersonator. He loved it."
1: Yeah, and then Chris says, well, "If you did that with Frank Sinatra, what would you what would you do with Elvis?" I got Elvis right
0: here, man. As has, be, before you got married, was there ever any Elvis impersonator groupies? Like were there were the chicks who were super attracted to? To, to
1: Elvis on stage? There's always a lot of girls like that. There was some girls called, the, they called themselves the Pink Caddy Girls. They were sweethearts. They were great yeah. girls. They would go around and support all the Elvis guys, you know, and I, I thought that was super cool, you know? I yeah. don't know. I appreciated it. Absolutely. I appreciate the, I appreciate the groupies because if it's not for the groupies, you know, we don't have the proper fans. What's
0: <laughs> the point of singing, right? <laughs> yeah. Last few things for you, man. Obviously, um, Elvis, especially when you're talking, well, it's – Early Elvis and late Elvis always had great stage costumes. Uh, you're talking about the jumpsuits with all the intricate designs and even just the leather and all that stuff. Where do you get your costumes from for the show?
1: Uh, believe it or not, I actually was getting my jumpsuits from the same people that made Elvis's jumpsuits back in the day. Wow. Yeah, so they actually have the same pattern, uh, they, the same stones. They actually got the pretty much replica everything to recreate the suit. And it's cool. I mean, the problem is, they're expensive and heavy. And with performing a show seven nights a week and being a white suit or off-white suit, it, yeah, it's really hard to keep clean. So I was going through one of those every two years because they would rip out of the shoulders. But I found a new company that actually has a four-way stretch jumpsuit. Ah, I'm like, well, see, yeah. right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> That's post-pandemic jumpsuit. Perfect.
0: <laughs> how, how much does it cost for a, for a really well-crafted Elvis
1: jumpsuit? Uh, three grand. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. easily. Luckily, since I bought so many, I was getting some discounts, but I mean, even the gold jacket, we called it the gold lame that Elvis wore, yeah. but the problem was with the lame, the lame material, you can only wear it so long before it starts fading out. And so we would get gold leather and that would actually be nice.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, it's interesting because like you said, I mean, once again, this is not something that's provided for you from the show. It's like you have to, same in wrestling or in music you have to buy your own stuff.
1: We're subcontractors.
0: Right. Well, right. It is.
1: <laughs> but you got to
0: spend money to make money cuz that's your job. You got to look the
1: part, right? Yeah man, it's like no knowing that when I got married to my wife, I actually had full on, you know, 70 sideburns. And after we got our wedding pictures back, I said, "Oh babe, I'm so sorry." <laughs> <laughs> so I shaved my sideburns off and I was able to buy sideburns and just You know, slap them right on and it works, man. (laughs) As long as they don't come off.
0: It's funny because when when we were talking uh, about finding an Elvis for for the Inner Circle shoot, the first guy that came up was like, he turned it down because he had gained so much weight during the pandemic, he couldn't fit into his jumpsuit. And I was like, that must be a drag if you can't fit into your costume anymore.
1: (laughs) It's kind of funny because I actually just talked to him like maybe four days ago and he said the same thing. <laughs> I said, dude, you've had all this time, man. Come on. <laughs> I know. And it,
0: it, see, if, it, you just never know because we, we would maybe not have met up and you wouldn't be in the inner
1: circle if
0: the other guy would have stayed in shape.
1: Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for staying uh, not in shape. Appreciate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Last few things. So now you're officially in the inner circle. So at some point we have to have you come back on the show and, uh, and do more stuff with us.
1: Oh, absolutely, man! Yeah, next time I won't play piano. Oh, I just-
0: <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to figure that out. You, 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 you're more of a guitar man. You're a guitar man.
1: Yeah, I play guitar. I can I can rock, rock it on bass, drums. Just my wife is a piano person. I, I'm I'm not a pianist. I'm the opposite. <laughs> that's that's
0: that's fine. That was uh, that was in the morning after we've been drinking all night, so you didn't have to remember the, the chords and all that sort of stuff.
1: What chords? There was chord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Last question for you. What's your favorite twofold? What's your favorite Elvis movie and what's your favorite
1: Elvis song? Great questions. Uh, my favorite Elvis movie would be, okay, that that's kind of tough because it's Jell-House Rock is when I really truly realized how badass Elvis was. Yeah. And King Creole was a great movie because it had great songs in it. Otherwise, yeah. Um, my one of my favorite songs is probably "If I Can Dream" because of the meaning. It's so meaningful. I mean, I even got a tattoo of Elvis singing "If I Can Dream" on my on my leg on purpose. Oh, that's right.
0: That's right. You showed us that. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just it's 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 a powerful song. I mean, that was also I think he recorded that a week after Martin Luther King uh, Jr. got assassinated. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's definitely powerful. I'm trying I'm trying to actually implement that song into the into the show. I'm kind of putting a bug into my producer's ear. I'm like, hey we should put that song in who chooses
0: who chooses the set list is that the the producer
1: producer. the producer he you know he's got a great mind and and like i let him just do his thing and all i do he just all i do is say "Uh uh-huh thank you very much
0: (laughs) thank you thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) i always like viva las vegas because i have a huge crush on Anne margaret
1: oh sure yeah totally that's a a great movie too there's a lot of great movies the problem is you know you can only i I try to fast forward to where he's singing (laughs)
0: <laughs> well yeah, and there's and once again, he was just making movies seemingly on a monthly basis. So a lot of those ones didn't turn out as good. But they are if there's 50 Elvis
1: movies, there's at least 15 of them that are pretty badass. Yeah, man, but you know who said it best? Eddie Murphy. What do you say? Eddie Murphy said, Gotta win, not a race.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lemonade, that cool, refreshing drink. <laughs> Dude, it's great to talk to you, man, and I'm excited to come back to Vegas and actually see your show live in person. I was supposed to come see you this last time, but it got postponed, but now you're up and running again, and uh, and we'll have you back to do some more stuff with the Inner Circle for sure as well.
1: Yeah, man, I can't wait to have you. It'll be a fun time. Where we look forward to having you, seriously. Dude,
0: great, great time, man. Thanks. Appreciate talking to you.
1: Thanks for having me on here, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>